Welcome, Friendship Church. Uh, we are going through our summer reading of the book of Acts. If you have not started reading Acts, it's okay. You can read like four chapters a day and you can make it, okay? Um, but we've been reading in June, July, and August. The reason for that is uh, just talking with a few people over the last several months, really, we believe that the Lord wants to do something in our church. We believe that the Lord wants to do something in our church. I don't know what that something is, but I'm ready for it, whatever it is. That the Lord wants to do something in our church. And so looking back at the Acts 2 church, the way that it started, the, the beginning of the church, it was such a healthy church. And I want our church to be a healthy church as well. And so whatever the Lord has for us, that's what we want to do. And so reading through the book, there were several things that jumped out to me. There were four specific things that jumped out, several things jumped out, but four specific things in the context of what does a healthy church look like. Uh, four things jumped out to me. Now, those of you who have read, if, if you say uh, some other things have jumped out to me, I'd like to talk to somebody about it. Our Wednesday nights begin again on August the 31st, uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. And so uh, it's going to be great. We've got girls, uh, girls ministries, Royal Rangers, youth in here, and then we have adult Bible study right here in this room. Uh, the first couple of weeks, we're going to dedicate it to Acts and what uh, we read, the, the things that jumped out to you. And uh, so we want to talk about uh, the book of Acts in those first couple of meetings. That's August the 31st on Wednesday night. Uh, the four things that, that jumped out to me, we started it last week and then we got two more. And today we're talking about the healing of the supernatural. Oof, the healing of the supernatural. Did you know that we serve a supernatural God? And that healing is for today. Anybody else believe that? Healing is for today. Now, healing is such a big topic, I, there's no way that I can cover it all in, in one sermon or even a couple of sermons, okay? So I'm not going to get to all the questions that maybe you have um, about healing. Why does God heal this person and not this person? I'm not going to answer that question or other questions like that directly, although indirectly I think you'll, you'll kind of see as we're going through here in the book of Acts some of, the answer to some of those questions. Um, we can't answer everything, but I want to look at it from the context of what did the early church see as healing? As they were starting, uh, how prevalent was it in the early church? What can we learn from that? And so what I know is that we serve a supernatural God. Let, let's start there. So we're going to talk about healing, but we're also talking supernatural as well. So there is natural and there is supernatural. There are things that I can do in the natural Okay? So if I wanted to help somebody, I could do some natural things. I could give somebody 10 bucks. You know, I could give them a ride to so-and-so wherever. I could go. You know, I, could help. I could give them an, an encouraging word. There are some things that in the natural that I can do and should do, by the way, if I can help, help someone in the, in the natural. However, there are some things in the supernatural that I cannot do. Only God can do. Right? There are some things that I cannot do, only God can do, because I am natural, he is supernatural. Sometimes we uh, get in a mess whenever we try to do the supernatural or take credit for the supernatural. We're supposed to be in the natural, okay? And so, and we want God to do natural stuff. Like, oh, I don't want to do that, God. Okay, no, you have to do that. <laughs> there are some things in the natural we need to do, and then we allow God to do what is in the supernatural. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, obviously, Acts chapter 1. Uh, I'm going through a lot of scripture here today, and so if, you, if, if, if your fingers are ready to go to turn the pages, that's fine. If not, we've got the, uh, the scripture on the screen as well. But we're going to start in Acts chapter 1, 
and, and it kind of had this foundation of a supernatural God. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. After he said this, now what is the this? This is the uh, kind of the sermon uh, that he talked to his, or just when he was talking to his disciples. Uh, you know, you don't know the day or the hour when the Lord's going to come, um, but you will receive power. We talked about this last week. You will receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, the othermost parts of the world. And so they relied on the Holy Spirit. To just baptize the Holy Spirit. They relied, this early church, they relied on the Holy Spirit. You can see that all throughout Acts, okay? So he he gives this sermon, the last sermon that he's giving to his people. Okay, so after he said that, you will receive power. He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. What? (laughs) He was standing there, and all of a sudden, he's not standing there anymore. He was raised into the clouds before their very eyes. Verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going As he was going. So I I don't know exactly what that looked like, but I'm just crazy enough to believe the word of God. I'm crazy enough to believe that that actually happened. So there's Jesus, and he finishes his sermon, and uh, they're there, and they're listening, and then he, he, this is called the ascension, he ascends into heaven. I don't know exactly what that looked like. There was like a floating, or but they're all looking up in the sky. All I know is Jesus was there, and now he's there, and there wasn't a trampoline in sight, Okay? That's all I know. Now, I can't do that. I'm a natural. I, I, I live in the natural. I am a natural person. That is some supernatural stuff, okay? This one reason why he did this to show that he is divine, that he is God, that he is supernatural. This is, once again, this is Jesus showing I am more than just natural. I'm not just natural. I'm supernatural. And so he raises or ascends into the clouds. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside the men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And so while we kind of have one eye on the earth and the things that we're doing, we as a church, we have one eye up to the sky as well, don't we? We're looking to seek because he's going to come down the same way that he went up, okay? Supernaturally. And this is amazing. So then, Acts chapter 3. A couple of verses later, or a couple of chapters later. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried into the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So we have this man who is lame from birth. From birth. We're not exactly sure what happened. But he's lame from birth. We find out in chapter 4 that this man is at least 40 years old. 40 years of his life was lame. Could not walk. And at least here in the present time, every day he is taken to the gate called Beautiful, to beg, every day, 40 years, 40 years, 
Now, if he's been taken to this gate every day for the last, at least this present time, Jesus did not leave that long ago. So it's conceivable to think Jesus knew about them. Well, it's not more than conceivable. He knows them. He created them. So he knows. He was there. Why didn't Jesus go heal them? They knew he, was, he knew he was lame. Why didn't Jesus go over there and heal them? Have you ever asked that question? Jesus, just go heal them. He's right there. You can do it. He's there. Go do it. We ask ourselves these questions sometimes, and we don't know. In our natural mind, it just makes sense to us. Jesus, just go heal them. Maybe one of the reasons, one of the reasons, is because Peter and John needed to have this moment of being used by the Holy Spirit to call out in the name of Jesus Christ to heal this man. This lets me know that sometimes, most of the time, maybe all the time, healing is not just about us. We like to make things about us all the time. Maybe even our healing is not just about us. Maybe there's other things going on that need to happen that Jesus is orchestrating here. That's one reason why. When he saw Peter and John, verse 3, about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and said, John, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Oh, yeah, he's he's about to get something from them, okay? Verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. There is power in the name of Jesus. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. This is a healing. Nothing happened here in the natural. Okay, he didn't rub some dirt on it, okay? It was like nothing happened but the supernatural. A supernatural healing. In the name of Jesus Christ, to use Peter and John to pray for this man, and he was healed. He jumped to his feet, began to walk, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping. This man has not walked for 40 years all of his life. This man never learned how to walk. Okay? Never learned how to walk. 40 years old, never knew how to walk. But when God healed him, not only did he walk, he jumped, and he ran, and he did what Wesley was doing up here earlier. He was all over the place, and it was great. It was fantastic. That's so great. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Healing. This healing came to this man. The rest of chapter 3 and chapter 4, Peter are whisked away and they're talking to the important people. They want to know what's going on. And Peter preaches a sermon to him, basically pointing it to Jesus Christ. Pointing to Jesus. Our healing isn't a lot of times, most of the time, maybe all the time, isn't about just the healing. Our healing is to point to Jesus Christ. If healing happens, if the supernatural happens, if a miracle happens, it is to point to Jesus Christ. 
It's not just a look what happened to me, I'm fine now. No, it's a point to Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the point. That's the point of the supernatural. That's the point of the miracles to point back to Jesus. Chapter 5. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. You see, the signs and the wonders, the miracles, the byproduct, the product of that was that people came to know Jesus. People came in to know, and they were added to their number. The point of the healing was not just to feel better. The point of the healing was to point people to Jesus. There is a supernatural God that's out there that loves us, that cares about us, who can heal. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Can you you imagine that? Maybe his shadow will pass by, and there will be healing. That's how much faith these other people started having in this actual act of healing. Maybe if Peter's shadow will pass pass on his arm, then maybe he will be healed. Look at that faith. Crowds gathered also among the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick, those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. This healing came to point others to Jesus Christ. Then, the high priest... And all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. This is going to happen sometimes. Okay? When the, the Lord is moving, when things are happening, there are other people that is not moving in them, and they're going to become jealous. That happens from time to time. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. Again, not a natural occurrence. An angel comes down supernaturally and opens the door to the jail. Okay? Jail doors don't just open, thankfully. (laughs) They don't just open. It takes a supernatural angel to open the doors. Now, were the doors opened... So that they could finally have some freedom and go get something to eat. No. He says, now that you're free, go tell people about Jesus. The supernatural, the deliverance was to point people to Jesus. He said, tell the people about this new life. Your healing, your deliverance, your miracle is to point to Jesus. It's to point to Jesus. Chapter 8. There is a revival that's happening. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they wanted. This is verse 4, chapter 8, verse 4. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. So he's preaching Jesus. Verse 6. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed. When he heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. So he's preaching, there were signs and wonders, the people saw the signs and wonders and began to listen to what he said. For the shrieks and pure spirits came out of many, many who were paralyzed or lame were healed, so there was great joy in the city. The supernatural healing deliverance, it brings authenticity to the gospel. You're like, these signs and wonders, we can't explain this, but I want to hear more about what this guy has to say. 
I want to hear more about this Jesus. Who, who are we talking about here? I want to hear more about Jesus. And that's what Philip did. These signs and wonders pointed back to Jesus. Later on in the, in the chapter, the Holy Spirit tells Philip to go somewhere else. I got another job for you. Verse uh, 29, the Philip told Spirit, told, I'm sorry, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near. There's a chariot that's going along, and so he tells Philip to go next to that chariot. Then Philip ran up to the chariot. Now, there has to be something supernatural going on there, okay? There's a chariot flying down the road, and here comes Philip. He puts his Brooks sneakers on, or whatever sneakers you wear, okay? I just wear Brooks. Anyway, and he takes off, and he's gone, and he's like, like, okay, I'm not going to mimic anymore. <laughs> he's running up next to that chariot. And he's like, hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> do you understand which, I'm sorry, then Philip ran to the chariot, heard the man reading Isaiah prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. He's reading from Isaiah, and so the man says, is he talking about himself or are you talking about somebody else? And Philip says, actually, he's talking about Jesus. Points him to Jesus. This supernatural event. So then he says, hey, let's stop and let's get baptized. When they came up out of the water, so he's baptized in water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Suddenly took Philip away. That's all the information we get. Supernatural, some sort of took Philip away. I'm not exactly sure what happened there. But he took him away, and then he found himself somewhere else. And he began to preach. Preach the word of God. The next chapter, Acts chapter 9, Saul, who's going to be named Paul, there's a bright light, knocks him off his donkey. All the people around, they, they hear something or they see something, but they don't hear the voice that's speaking to him. It's Jesus that's talking to Paul. Supernatural event. Later in chapter 9, as Peter traveled, this is 932, as Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Once again, eight years. Finds this man. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon found him and turned to the Lord. Eight years of waiting for a healing but then everyone turns to the Lord. Was it worth it? I think he would say yes after the fact. Then there's a man, or I'm sorry, a woman named Dorcas or Tabitha does a lot for the people in the community. She passes away. They say, Peter, come on, we, we, we've got, we need you here. Verse 40, Peter sent them out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed, turning toward the dead woman, not a sleep woman, dead woman, and he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. 41, he took her by the hand, helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Healing of the supernatural is a real thing. It really happens. And then that healing or that miracle, or that deliverance, points to Jesus. Points to Jesus. Acts chapter 12. 
You're like, there's more? Yeah, there's more. In fact, I'm not reading all of them, believe it or not. Acts 12. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So Peter is sent to prison. He has to be there for a while. And the church is praying for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. Sentry stood guard at the entrance. But what was the church doing? What was the church doing? Praying. Praying. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, woke him up, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. That's not natural. That's supernatural. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did also wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The Lord handles the healing, the miracles, the deliverance, all these things. Our job is to pray. Our job is to pray. There was someone in their midst, Peter, who needed prayer. The church got together and prayed. Church, we need to understand the power of prayer. We need to understand the power of prayer and the part that we play into this. We are to pray. We come together. There are people who have needs, and we pray for them. That's our job in this. He does the healing. We are supposed to pray. Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I wonder what songs they were singing. You know? I didn't even know who Hill's song were. But yet they were singing songs. They were singing hymns. I don't know. Singing hymns to God. And other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Now, typically in an earthquake, things get destroyed. Not things open and fall off for you to walk out freely. That's not typical. (laughs) But it is supernatural. In the middle of an earthquake, doors open, chains fall off. What is that? That is supernatural. And Paul and Silas, happy and content to be in prison, (laughs) praising the Lord, singing songs, praying. They knew what their job was. Their job wasn't to deliver themselves. They weren't, you know, scratching at the door to try to find a way out. Their job wasn't the deliverance. Their job was the prayer and the praise. God's job was the deliverance. There was riots in Thessalonica, Ephesus, Berea, Corinth. God saves uh, Paul from all of them. Acts 19. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Supernatural. Last story. Acts 27. They're going through a storm. (coughs) Excuse me, Paul is. Two weeks, several days that they're in this storm, they're throwing cargo over, it's a high tense situation. It's the worst two weeks of their life. Have you ever had a bad two weeks? Worst two weeks of their life is they're in this storm and they're going back and forth and they don't know where land is and they're throwing stuff over and they're trying to just survive. They're trying to survive. They, there's certain death that's going to happen. Paul stands up in front of them in verse 22. 
But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So they're literally going through a storm for a length of time. But God still shows up and says, We're going to save not just you, but everybody else on the boat. So keep up your courage, men. For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. They had to go through a tough spot. And and two weeks in a a, a storm is a tough spot. But you've heard it. You can have a testimony without a test, right? So if we want healing, we understand that there's some things that we're going to have to go through to get healing. And he says, listen, uh, some of you who don't know how to swim very well, it's going to be rough for you because we're going to be shipwrecked. You're going to be underwater for a little bit. We're going to be dragging you. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But God's already told me he's with us. He's with us, and we're going to make it here to the end. Listen, God is our healer. He's our deliverer. He's the one that sets us free. He's the one that restores as he sees fit. It is our job to trust, to believe, to obey, to pray, to sing praises, and to have faith in an almighty, supernatural God. That's our job. We don't seek healing to advance our own cause, to be entertained, to have some sort of badge of honor, or to simply feel better. Our healing is to point to Jesus. All of this that happens to us, when God brings us through it, it's to point to Jesus. Listen to the prayer that the early church prayed in Acts 4. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. So stretch out your hand with healing power and miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. A healing can come your way. Maybe today is the day for your healing, for your miracle, for your deliverance, what God has for you. But I can tell you, the point of the miracle is to point to Christ. It's not to point to us, it's to point to Christ. If it points somewhere else, it's not going to happen. If it points to Christ, the miracle points to Christ. Many of you have experienced healing. In fact, last October we had we had a sermon series where, where you, some of you guys, six of you guys, had made a, uh, we made a video where we talked about our experience and how the Lord saved us or healed us or whatever it was. And so we got to see firsthand that of healings happening today. In fact, raise your hand if you have been a part of a healing where God has healed you, you have seen it, someone in your family. Raise your hand right now. You have been a part of, and you've seen, look at this, look at this. No, it's not for today though, right? Tell all of you guys, healing is for today. I have, I have had experience with this. There was one particular time that I had experience with this. I was um, at Southwestern, and we went on a missions trip to um, England. We went just south of London to a city called Dartford. And uh, just a bunch of college students going and telling people about Jesus is what it was. We had several different things. One night, we had a, a, a church service, and we had several people come to the church. We had a lot of people come to the church. 
had a great service. Everybody on the team had their part to play in the service, okay? So, you know, some was leading worship, and we had a preacher and other things. My part that I played in the service was I was a part of the human video. You guys remember human videos? Okay. It's like a skit, I guess, put to music. And so my job, my part of the human video was I played the part of Jesus, and I'm walking around, and I'm healing this person, and I'm healing this person, and ooh, ah, and all this stuff, you know. You've seen a human video. Um, and so, you, you, you know, doing healing this, and I'm raised from the dead, and all of this, and then the preacher comes up after that and, and you know, preaches a sermon. So, so that, was my, that was my part, okay? Play the part of Jesus, walk around healing people. Go and sit down. Preacher gets up and preaches, and it's time for the altar call. So we had some designated prayer team that was supposed to come down and pray for people. So we asked the people to come down to pray, to get ready, people from our team, to come down and pray. Well, the Lord speaks to me and says, you need to go down and pray for people. And I said, uh, Lord, I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I actually have a part to play in the service, and I've already played that part in the service. I'm actually not on the prayer team. We have capable people who can pray. Uh, I am just, the silly things we say to God sometimes, seriously. Like I was actually arguing with God about whether I should go down and pray or not. I I don't know. Um, But I remember I said, you know, that's just kind of how it is. And God says, I want you to go down and pray for people. It's not my job. Go down and pray for people. Okay. So I get up and I walk down and I'm at the end of the line. People are coming down to be, to get prayed for. And people are coming down to pray with everybody except for me. No one comes to me. They go to everybody else. Service is over. Everything's great. And I, I just kind of sit down, close my eyes, prayed a minute. I said, Lord, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I did not immediately o- obey. I, I want to be someone that you can count on. So I'm sorry. But I'm glad that I came down. Get ready to pray for people. So I stand up and I open my eyes and there is a man standing in front of me, a giant of a man. He was about 10 feet tall. He had a shaved head. He looked like, if you watched wrestling in the 90s, he looked like Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay? I don't know if you know. Okay, if you didn't watch wrestling in the 90s, imagine what you think a guy named Bam Bam Bigelow would look like. Okay? Huge. Huge guy. And I said, uh, can I help you? And he says, well, I guess you're supposed to pray for me. I said, okay. I said, what's going on? And he begins to cry. And he says, she's left me. Came home from work. My wife left me. Stuff's packed up. My only daughter's stuff is packed up. And they're, they're gone. They left me a simple note that they're gone. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. So I got in the car, and I've been driving around for an hour trying to find them. I, I, I don't know where they are. He said he drove down, turned on this road. He says, I don't think I've ever even been on this road before. And I saw a church, and I remember going to church as a kid. Hadn't been in a long time. I thought I should go. So I came. At the end of the sermon, I don't know how else to explain it, but I felt someone was talking to me in my head. I know that makes me sound crazy, but someone was telling me to go down and pray, to pray about this, 
And I began to argue with this voice in my head. No, I'm not going to go pray. Yes, you need to go pray. I don't want to go pray. You need to go pray. And I actually told the voice in my head, okay, if that one college student that played the part of Jesus gets up and walks to the front, then I'll go down and pray. And that second, I stood up and walked to the front. And I said, let's pray. I I don't know. I'm 19 years old. How do you pray for someone's marriage? I I don't know. I didn't know. But the Holy Spirit just began telling me what to say. And I'm just praying, 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 and we're bear-hugging each other crying, just praying. I don't know what else to say. We prayed. When we were done, I introduced him to the pastor. I said, this is a great church. You need to come. And, uh, and so he began to walk out. So I, I sat back down and I, uh, you know, God, I'm so sorry, you know, for fighting with you. <clears throat> you know, let me be the type of person that whenever you say go, I go. So I kind of prayed this prayer for a couple minutes, and then I get back up, and I start to walk out the back, and I see my friend, Rogers is his name. I see my friend, and he's standing next to a woman and a little girl. And I said, Roger, who is this? <clears throat> she says, he says, this is my wife and my daughter. And the woman looks at me, and she says, are you the man that She said, I was done. I was done. I was leaving them. She didn't get along. And I didn't know where to go. I've been driving around for hours. I don't know where to go. And I drove down this road. I've never driven down before in my life. And I saw that there was a church open. And I remember going when I was a little girl. And I guess I got here late. But I walk in and I see Roger. And she said, would you pray for us? I said, yeah, let's pray. I've I've heard of miracles. I I actually saw a marriage get put back together. I saw it happen because of Jesus. It's real. He's real. He's real. So I want to give opportunity here today. If we can't stand this morning, very, very simple altar call here. Do you need supernatural? Do you need supernatural? Is there a healing? Is there a miracle? Is there something that you need in your life? We are just crazy enough to believe that it can happen. We've seen it in his word over and over again. So here's what I'd like you to do. If you need a miracle, if you need a healing, if, if it's a marriage, if it's a relationship, if it's a physical, whatever it may be, I want you to find a place and I want you to begin to pray.
If you want to talk to someone, come down and stand and someone can talk with you. If you just want to come down and pray and have somebody just kind of pray behind you, then come down and kneel. But we're going to pray for healing and the supernatural to be here with us this morning. If that's you, would you come forward even now? One, two, three, go. If you say, I need a touch of God. I need Jesus today. There's a healing that I need in my body, in my life, in my relationships, whatever it is. You can walk with someone. You can bring someone with you. But come down and begin to pray. Jesus is here. He's here in our midst. He's here with us. Come down, kneel, stand, begin to pray. We believe. We believe in the supernatural. We believe in healing. We believe in deliverance. We believe it. We believe in it. Come on, church, begin to pray for these. Begin to pray for these. There's some, if you're here in the, in, in the, in the audience, if you've experienced healing and you have experience with praying for people, I want you to come and just put your hand behind them. Begin to pray for them. We are the church and we are standing here together and we are standing with you. Other than that, let's lift up praises to the Lord. Let's do what Paul and Silas did. They sent praises to the Lord, prayers and praise to the Lord, and believe for the supernatural in their life. Let's sing and let's pray. A healthy church believes in a supernatural God. A healthy church believes in a supernatural God. God that can do things that we cannot do and so that's why we lean on and we rely and we pray to and we praise we give glory and honor to him his name is above every other name supernatural God let's lift up one more prayer to him Lord we thank you for this day we thank you for your word we look in that we see your mighty works from Genesis to Revelation, mighty works from a supernatural God. And we say thank you. Thank you for your supernatural works here today, God. Thank you for testimonies that are going to come here today as we point what miracles back to you, back to Jesus. And we say thank you. We say thank you, amazing God. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.